Welcome to the Biomed Central podcast. Today we're talking to Dr. Elodie Briefer, who works at the Institute of Agricultural Sciences in Zurich. Elodie, please introduce yourself and tell us briefly a bit about your research. Hi, so I'm Elodie Briefer, research fellow at ETH Zurich, and um, my main research interests are in animal behavior, acoustic communication and cognition. Um, I aim on understanding how animals communicate and how they use vocal signals to encode information such as uh, individual characteristics or affective states, and also how this information affects conspecifics and heterospecifics uh, in terms of perception, recognition, contagion, memory. Uh, and as a more general aim, I seek common rules governing the structure of vocalizations in animals, so whether they encode information in a similar way, for example. Why is it important to know how animals recognize emotions in their conspecifics? So first, this recognition of emotions has an important function because emotion perception uh, regulates such social interactions, for example, whether an individual should approach or avoid another. So from an evolutionary perspective, it's interesting to know if different species communicate emotions and perceive indicators of emotions in a similar way. Also in terms of animal welfare, so from the producer's side, vocal indicators of emotions can be used as non-invasive indicators of emotions. And on the receiver's side, conspecifics, so perception, and especially contagion of emotions is important uh, to consider for animal welfare because if emotional contagion occurs, so negative signals would not only affect the producer, so which means non not only the producer would be in a negative state, but also all uh, individuals around it uh, who hear the vocalizations and also get affected by this negative state and vice versa. For, so positive signal could potentially promote positive emotions, which would be a good thing in, in conspecific, and it could promote what we call positive welfare, which is promoting positive emotion. How did you go about testing to see if horses could recognize emotions in the calls of other horses? And what did you find? In the first uh, study, which we published in a scientific report in 2015, uh, we had showed that horses encode emotional valence and arousal in weenies. Um, so basically, weenies are one type of call that can be produced both in negative and positive situations. Uh, and we found that it varies. Uh, so the structure of weenies vary with valence and arousal in terms of frequency and duration. So uh, we found that, that by placing horses in positive situations, which was a social reunion uh, with one or uh, uh, several horses, and negative situation, which was social separation from one or several horses. And we had recorded their behavior and physiology to assess their arousal and the vocalizations. Uh, and we had found that first that weenies were composed of uh, two voices, so basically two fundamental frequencies um, with the harmonics, which is just uh, biphonation, uh, so which was present in all weenies, which is pretty rare in mammals. And uh, interestingly, one of these frequencies, uh, the lowest one, um, indicated emotional arousal, and the other one, the highest one, indicated the valence. Um, and so if you hear these whinnies, you can see that, uh, well, you can hear that positive whinnies are shorter. <coughs> and they have a lower uh, G0, which is the highest fundamental frequency, uh, than negative whinnies. <coughs> it's like very subtle changes, at least to human ear. Uh, that resemble variation in human speech uh, with emotions. So it's not as obvious, for example, as uh, changes between call types, so between cat purr and neos, let's say, uh, which could be more compared to difference between human laughter and cry. And um, so now in this second study that uh, we published in Frontiers in Zoology, we wanted to know if conspecific perceived this um, 
um, changes which are subtle for us, um, uh, the difference between these two weenies, uh, weenie variants, and if also if emotional contagion occurs. So basically, if a positive weenie will induce a positive emotion and a negative weenie a negative emotion. And uh, also, if this perception or contagion of emotion is affected by the familiarity with the caller, so whether they get more, uh, they can perceive more easily in familiar than unfamiliar calls, for example. So to do that, we played positive and negative weenies produced by uh, familiar horses from the same farm or unfamiliar horses from different farm uh, in the home pen of the horses. So in a neutral context, because we wanted to know if they can extract information from vocalizations independently of the context. And so we recorded their behavior and physiology. Um, and our assumption was that if emotional contagion occur, uh, we should see indicators of positive emotions um, in uh, during playbacks of positive winnies and indicators of negative emotions during playbacks of negative winnies. Um, and so what we found, so first, uh, not surprisingly, because it has been shown previously that they react differently to familiar and unfamiliar winnies. Um, but also we found that they perceive the difference between positive and negative winnies produced by familiar, uh, but not unfamiliar horses. Um, so horses had slower respiration rates, they moved their head more, they had the high, head high for longer duration and responded faster when they were hearing uh, familiar positive compared to familiar negative winnies. Um, it had also occurred more um, according to the frequencies of the, and, and to the structure of the winnies that we played back. So basically also the, the parameters of the weenies affect the conspecific response. What exactly is emotional contagion? Why do you think that you do not see it in your study results? Has it been clearly shown in other species? So emotional contagion is state matching, so matching of emotions between the producer of a signal and a receiver. So for example, a producer that is in a negative state would uh, voluntarily or not express uh, this emotion. Uh, with um, uh, visually, um, with olfactory cues or vocal cues, and this negative state could be transmitted to individuals around. So that could be, um, we can have a contagion of arousal, so for example, stress, but also contagion of valence, um, which is, for example, a signal that could indicate a positive state of high arousal, could be a trigger change in emotional valence from negative to positive or neutral to positive in receivers. So that would be contagion of valence. Um, and it's at the basis of empathy, it's the first level, so it's supposed to be widespread in the animal um, kingdom. And there is strong evidence, so in terms of um, in studies where they measured behavioral and physiological indicators in both producer and receiver to assess whether these indicators match. So notably in chicken, uh, between hens and their chicks, uh, in pigs, cows, rodents, and also other species. Uh, but we don't know yet which uh, the factors that influence this phenomenon uh, in details and which modalities are more efficient. Um, and there are very few examples that show the emotional contagion through vocalizations, um, rat ultrasounds, uh, and also zebra finches. Um, but vocalizations could constitute a very fast and efficient way of transmitting emotions. So I think they are worth con considering when looking at emotional contagion. There has been also very few studies on contagion of emotional valence, so mostly emotional arousal, but very few on valence. So in our study, we had trouble to find so clear indicator in the in the literature, clear indicator of uh, valence in horse if the um, horses reacting to the playback were actually in a positive or negative state, which is basically we needed indicators that were um, uh, validated and indicated 
eating valence independently of arousal, because sometimes these two dimensions can uh, um, interact with each other. So what we did was that we used the indicator that were, we established during a previous study when we recorded the vocalizations. So in the same horses, and we had found that the best indicator of valence were uh, chewing, which is a movement of the jaw, lower jaw that horses do uh, without uh, food, and how much time they were spending with the head high. Uh, but chewing occurred very rarely, and we didn't find a predicted pattern. There was more chewing during playbacks of positive whinnies, and more head high during playbacks of negative whinnies. And we also didn't find, in terms of vocal parameters of the whinnies played, uh, that positive vocal indicators, which was short duration and low G0, which is the highest fundamental frequency, induced more positive response. And we even found that there was more head high during playbacks of familiar positive compared to familiar negative winnage, which is the opposite pattern as we would have expected. So, so emotional contagion could and probably does occur in horses through vocalizations or other modalities, but we were not able to, to show it here. There has been recent papers that showed uh, that horses discriminate also between facial expression of comb specifics, and they showed that they approach pictures displaying positive expressions and try to avoid pictures displaying negative, uh, well, aggression. But they also found also some um, non-expected results, such as more ears backwards, which indicates uh, aggression when the horses were watching positive pictures, so they also didn't find clear evidence. So if horses appear to have a higher level of emotional intelligence than we once thought, what does this work mean for horse welfare? Well, horses have been in, in the pasture shown, so similarly in other farm animals, such as goats and sheep and chicken and pigs, uh, to have much higher cognitive abilities uh, than was probably uh, previously thought in terms of social learning, memory, also discrimination. Um, so in general, I think whether we speak about cognitive or emotional intelligence, um, it seems clear that we have to adapt their housing to their needs. Um, in horses, I think, mostly importantly, to keep them in, in group, at least in pairs, instead of individual stable, which is usually done, uh, where they can fully express social behaviors, uh, including communication that we studied uh, with other horses. What's next for your research? So we're getting to an end uh, with our projects, and we're now finishing to analyze all the data from all the species, uh, domestic and wild ones. So we'll soon be able to see the, the big picture, which is uh, which are the vocal indicators of um, emotional arousal and valence, and whether they are similar across species or not. Uh, and we're also analyzing results from an online questionnaire where we tested people's ability to judge emotional valence and arousal in uh, the ungulate vocalizations. And we will test if disability is influenced by uh, domestication, experience with the species, um, people's empathic profile, etc. Um, and in the next year, I would like to study a bit more in details focal contagion of emotions and which are the factors that influence this uh, phenomenon. So not only familiarity, but also past experience with the emotional situations, etc. To read and hear more science stories, subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at BiomedCentral or visit our blogs at blogs.biomedcentral.com. All of our published research articles are also openly accessible on biomedcentral.com. Thank you for listening.